Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. So excited about being here with our friends. Praise God. Come on, let's give them another round of applause. Amen. Praise God. Honey, we made it to C3. Come on, y'all. We made, we're big time now, honey. We made, it, we made it to C3, and we thank God for, for you all. Uh, God is good, and uh, I won't uh, be before you long. I just want to honor uh, this man and this woman of God here uh, tonight. Uh, again, I want to recognize my wife being with me, my lovely wife of 25 years. Come on, one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, when I first got the invitation, uh, I, I was a little bit excited and a little bit nervous at the same time because I know how much of an excellent spirit that this church has. Yeah. Uh, amen. Uh, you have a great leader. You have great leaders. Yeah. And it... it and, that's, and they're hard to find. Great leaders are hard to find. I can learn a lot from your leader. Amen? Amen. I have learned a lot from your leader. He was just in the back a few minutes ago just sharing some things with us, and we're shaking our heads. So we, we thank God for such great leaders as uh, Apostle John Lofton and, and, and Lady Elaine. We thank God for them, and I know you guys are blessed of having them. Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to hear that all weekend. Amen? But let... let Apostle Holiday know that I said it first, amen? So, <laughs> so I, I just served notice on him, amen? So we, we, we do th- thank God for you all having us here um, today. So again, thank you so much for allowing us to come and grace your presence. You know, I'm in awe when I stand behind this sacred podium because of the person who stood here before me. I give honor to that because you, you, you don't know that whoever has been here before leave a, a lingering an atmosphere, something that would cause preaching to be easier. Amen? Amen? So I thank God that I came into a house that's already established where the Holy Spirit is moving Amen. so I don't have to work as hard. Amen? Amen. Don't have to work as hard. So, uh, again, I'm in awe with what God I- is doing. And, and just really quickly, we, I think we met on Facebook. If, if I'm not uh, mistaken, we met on Facebook. Uh, we communicated for over a little two, two years ago. And, and I remember having our seventh, I think, anniversary, church anniversary, and he said he was going to come. And he showed up. <laughs> he, he actually showed up. Yeah. So some people say they're going to do something. Yeah. Okay, I, I keep, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Uh, and they never do. So he showed up with his lovely wife, and, and ever since then, there was a connection there. And then uh, Apostle Holiday came, and we got into the mingle uh, of just getting together. And, and just loving on one another. Amen. Amen. So C3, I just want to let you know that you guys are blessed with a gift from God. Amen. 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 I said a gift from God. Ephesians, Ephesians talks about, and before I go there, before I even go to Ephesians, uh, I want to give them something from us. Amen. You know, we, we talk about sowing in good ground. We believe in sowing in good ground. But we forget about the farmer. I said we forget about the farmer because somebody got to reap the harvest. So while the seed is coming up, the farmer still got to eat. 
Oh, I can't get no amen. We focus on the ground, but we never talk about the farmer who's getting up early, making sure that the harvest is coming up. So I want to make sure I take care of the farmers tonight. Amen. Sir, can, we, can you come and collect this? Well, matter of fact, take both of them. Again, that, that is for the farmer. Praise God. And, and, yeah, that's right. Amen. But the Bible talks about gifts. Say gifts. The Bible talks about gifts. You notice the Bible didn't talk about presents. The Bible didn't talk about he give us presents. He give us gifts. Now, there's a reason. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 real quick. Real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 8. It said, wherefore, I'm going to go ahead and read because of the sake of time. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Say gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, some prophets. Some evangelists, you know the scripture, some pastors and some teaching. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body. That is why the gift was given. Now please make note. In verse 8, it says specifically gifts and not presents. How many of you would rather receive a gift or a present? Well, I have some gifts, and I have some presents today. Amen. Who would like to receive a present? You would. Okay. 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 Now I want you to understand. Listen. 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 You gonna understand the excitement she has because she's gonna receive a present. Come get your present, honey. Come get. You come get your present. You come and get your presents. You, uh, you won't need to. Okay. Okay. Won't he, won't he do it? Who want another present? You want another present? Who want another present? Who want? Okay. Okay. We giving away presents. We giving away presents. Now, now, one second, because I want you to understand that God gives gifts and not presents. Now, you're excited about the gifts and the presents. But what I gave you was a present. Because if you open the present and you can't use it, then it's not a gift. God said he gives gifts and not presents. Presents are given to those who do, that, that don't have a relationship because only God knows what you need. And a gift is given because of your need, not because of, of something that you think they need. So I want you to open your gift. I want you to open your gift. I, I want you to open your gift. I mean your presents. I want you to open your presents. Open your presents. Open your presents. Now, I, I want you to understand what happens when you get a present. Okay, you're still excited. Okay. Okay. Uh, two points. Now, 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 what do you do with that? Can you, do you know what you do with that? 
You can, right. Can you use that? You sure can. Do you have a device that you can use that? Okay, what device are you going to use it on? Uh, not necessary, because that's not for a phone. That, that, that's, that, 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 that is not for a phone. I, I, again, when you have to take the time to read instruction, like, okay, for your computers, for your computer, what do you use that for? Okay, here we go, here we go. What's this? What's this? What's this? Hold your horses. Hold your horses. When, 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 you, when you have to give away a present, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. And sometimes, sometimes, we want to give our pastors away because we haven't received them as gifts. Whenever you say, whenever you speak negative towards the, not here though, not here, not here. But whenever you speak negative towards the gift, you don't receive them as a gift. Remember, the Bible said God gives you gifts because God knows what you need. I guarantee you, I got another gift here. You'll find out in a few minutes. I find out in a, you'll find out in a few minutes. Let me uh, help my Holy Ghost, help my Holy Ghost, help my Holy Ghost, help my Holy Ghost, help my Holy Ghost. Since you introduced me, here you are. Now I'm gonna show you the difference between a gift and a present. A present can be a gift, but a gift never be a never be a present. Because a gift has definitely has value. I have twenty dollars in my hand. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Got to ride a bunch here. Listen. Now, now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Oh, hold, hold on! He gave me thirty minutes, and this is not my teaching, you all. This is an introduction. He told me I got a short while with y'all, so I need to get through this. I, I, have, I have $20 in my hand. Now, I know everybody in this place needs some money. If you don't need any money, then I need to talk to you Amen. afterwards because you got some for me. Now, who in this place that do not need any money? Okay, that does not eat, need any money. So I'm in the place. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. Okay, so I got $20. Now, if I give this $20 to someone, is it a gift or a present? Why is it a gift? Because, because you need it. And, and most of the time when you are given a gift, whoever is given the gift knows you need it. That's why God gives you pastors because he knows you need one. That's why they are called gifts. That's good. That's why they're called gifts. And because it's their anniversary, I'm going to give this to Sister Elaine. Lady Elaine. God bless you. I'm going to give that to you. 
Now, see, she doesn't have to wonder what it is because she can see what it is. But a gift, but a present, if you don't treat a present or when you open it up and you realize that you can't use it or need it, you want to return it. And how many of our pastors feel like they've been returned? That they've been returned. So that's why we got to make sure we understand the value of a pastor because they are gifts from God. And God know how to give. If, a, if your earthly father know how to give good gifts, how much more? Y'all ain't working with me right now. You ain't working with me right now. So, so here we go. So that's why I wanted to point out that tonight because of the value that we are to the body. This is what God said. I love you so much. I'm going to gift you this man and this woman for they're going to equip you to be able to live this life with, with, with victory. With success, being able to defeat the enemy, being able to have more than enough. Come on, somebody. To be the head and not the tail. To above and not beneath. That's why they're here. And we thank God for them. Amen? How many thank God for your gift? Amen. How many thank God for your gift? This everything that is given, given by God to be used for God is a gift. I said again, whatever, everything that's given by God to be used of God is a gift. So I, again, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, for inviting us to be a part of your 11th anniversary. It means a lot. Every 12 months, say 12 months, 12 serves months. as an anniversary to let the enemy know that what he tried to do did not work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, I just celebrated 365 days of consistent workout. I did not miss one day of working out. I lost over 50 pounds. I clap for myself. I clap for myself. And I told, I, I told, I, I think I told him, uh, Apostle, I get around my friends, <laughs> and I'm the only heavy one in the bunch. I said, I'm not going to be the heaviest one from now on. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So the Lord blessed my wife and I. She lost almost 40 pounds, pound, you all. <laughs> just again, just celebrate. Listen, listen, I want, to, I want to move very quickly because, again, I know the hour is getting late. I know you got service in the morning. But let, let me just share with you very quickly what I believe that the Lord put on my heart for as holiness. Amen? Yeah. Amen. If you turn with me to Amos chapter 7, Amos chapter 7, I'm pretty sure that you all have been dealing with this all week or uh, whenever uh, you started talking about holiness because there is a next level. There is a say next level. Next level. 
there's a next level of holiness. The Bible says that this is this is what the uh, Almighty, uh, the Almighty, Almighty Lord showed me. He was preparing swarms of locusts when the second crop was being harvested. It was a harvest. Uh, Amos chapter seven. It's in the Old Testament, you all, not the New Testament. So just in, just kind of help you out. Uh, if you don't know where it is, turn to the front of the Bible and it give you the page where you need to be. At, all right. <laughs> it was the harvest that followed the harvest for the king. When the locusts had finished eating every plant in the land. Now, remember, this is a vision that the Lord was giving Amos. He said, and I said, almighty Lord, please forgive us. How can the descendant of Jacob survive? There are so few of them. The Lord changed his plan about that. Now, you know you got to have a relationship to change his plan. Amen? So he changed the plan. He said, this won't happen, the Lord said. And this, this is what the Almighty said, show, Lord, show me. The Almighty Lord was calling a judgment by fire. The fire dried up the ocean and burned up the land. Then I said, Almighty Lord, please stop. Again, this was another vision that the Lord was showing him. He said, how can the descendant of Jacob survive? There are so few of them. And the Lord changed his plan again about this. This won't happen either, the Almighty Lord said. Now watch, this is, this is what's amazing. Now, he's having a conversation with the Lord. Now, Amos came into an, a, a time frame where that the people were just getting away from God's standard. So the Lord was trying to bring correction. But the correction that he was trying to bring, uh, Amos was standing in the gap for them. Except for this last one. Listen at this. He said, this, the Lord showed me, the, the Lord was standing by a wall, say wall. wall, wall, you need to underline that if you can, wall, built with the use of a what? Plumb line. Mm-hmm. And he said, a plumb line is in his hand. He asked me, what do you see? Look at the name and say, what, what do you see? What do you see, Amos? He answered, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, I'm going to hold a plumb line in the middle of my people, Israel. I will no longer overlook what they have done. He said, I gave you mercy the first time. I gave you mercy the second time. But I can't overlook this one. Can't overlook this one. And it's getting to a place where the church is at that point where God said, I cannot overlook what the church has been doing. I have to bring my standard back. I have to bring order back. I will no longer overlook what they have done. The worship site of Isaac will be destroyed and the holy place of Israel will be in ruins. I will attack Jeroboam Her- heirs with my sword. Uh, Zechariah 1 and 16. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. I'm going to read it for you. Zechariah 1 and 16 said, Therefore, thus said the Lord, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built, say built. Built in it, declared the Lord of hosts. And the measure line, say measure line, shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. 
First Peter chapter one and 16 said, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Uh, very quickly, I want to use for a subject topic, uh, righteousness, God's plumb line for holiness. Righteousness, God's plumb line for holiness. So what is righteous, righteousness? Righteousness is being accepted uh, of God. Say accepted of God. See, Noah was considered as a righteous man. Uh, he was blameless to his generation. Uh, Noah walked with God in Genesis chapter 6 and 9. See, here we see two aspects of righteousness. One, doing the right thing, being blameless, and secondly, having a relationship with God. Now, understand, in order for man to become holy, it's not like when he said, take off your shoes, Moses, for this ground is holy. See, man has to do another step. The Bible said, be ye holy for thou is for I am holy. Be thou holy. He's saying you have a choice. I'm telling you what you're supposed to be, but you have a choice. And you can't be holy without righteousness. Righteousness is God's plumb line to holiness. Now, there was a story told about beans. Beans. They said that there was a lady who planted 10 acres of beans. And she thought she planted short beans, but she actually planted long beans or tall beans. Well, over this 10-acre of land, the beans was growing on a three-foot stake. And she realized that when they started to grow, they started to grow above the three-foot stake. And she realized she didn't have short beans. She had long beans. So what she did is said, well, wh here's what I'm going to do to save my beans. I'm going to go and hire some men to restake the beans. So they got longer stakes. So they went into the field and they restaked all the beans. The problem was that they were all right-handed. Beans grow from left to right, not right to left. They went and re-threaded, if I may, the stake, but they went the wrong way. In three days, all the field was dead. Because it was in the vine. I say it was in the vine to go one way. And when you try to correct what God's standard is, you will die. You will die. You will die. You will literally die. You may not die physically, but when you start to rewrite the righteousness of God, to try to turn it around and go another way, you will die spiritually because it's not in. Now, watch this. This is amazing. This is amazing. God created us with a spirit, did he not? Yes. But the Bible says in our flesh, there's no good thing. But yet he want to live in this no good thing. Only God know how to do this. But he showed me something. He showed me something in a study that I, I looked at. Do you, do you know a peanut? If you ever open a peanut... You probably haven't noticed this. 
the nut is not connected to the shell. Then how does it get its nutrients? But the vine is connected to the hull or the shell, but the bean itself or the nut itself is not connected to anything. But yet it still grows. The, the peanut yes. determine how big the shell is going to be. Watch this. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Are y'all with me? Come on. Give me, give me a few more minutes. Give me a few more minutes. <laughs> I'm going to try to speed up. <laughs> so you got the peanut, and the peanut is growing, but it's not connected to the shell. God said, that's why I don't need your flesh to grow your spirit. I can grow your spirit unattached from your flesh. And as big as your spirit would get, that's how big you would get. Because he's that kind of a God that he can take your spirit and grow it with inside your flesh. And it's not even connected to your flesh. Let me move on. Let me move on. Because I, I got a time there. Holiness. Say holiness. 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 Holiness is to be set apart, yes. separated yes. from sin and from evil. Now, again, it can be used as an altar. We can say this is holy. We can say the altar is holy. Can we say that? Yes. We can also say that we have a holy day called Sunday. We can say that. Yes. We can say the priest is holy. We <laughs> see, see the, see, see. I hope there ain't no Catholics in here, but but they 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 need some help. They need some help. They need some. You need a, you need. They need some help. But you, the the, the altar doesn't require a will. That's why the ground can be holy, God said, but the ground doesn't need to be righteous. It just needs to be holy. But anything that can be righteous has to act on his righteousness. It has to have a will to choose righteousness. That's why, the, 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 that's why you as a believer can be holy, but you cannot be holy without the plumb line. Say the plumb line. The plumb line of God. Amen? So let me move along. So the plumb line is, is a cord uh, weighted uh, with lead that are used to build building uh, walls, uh, check that the vertical structure is true. Now, we're trying, to, we're trying to grow upright, not wide. Some of us are doing a better job growing wide than we are going... So, so... So it's, it's something to guide us vertical. And it's used symbolically to refer to a divine standard against which God, the builder of people, tests and judge them. It also symbolizes the standard by which God will rebuild his people. Amen? So it is a tool that's been used for a long time. It's for a long, say a long time. Amos used it. He saw it. Zacharias used it to build a temple. 
Uh, but in Amos chapter 7, verse 8, Amos chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, it says, And behold, the Lord stood upon a wall. Again, the wall it's referring to here is the people. The wall is the people. The Bible says he stood uh, on the wall of the people. Say church folks. Church folks. Oh, yeah, church folks. <laughs> the wall God identified as his people. But how many know that a Bowing wall or a leaning wall is easy to fall. Yes, yes it is. It's easy yes, it is. to fall. Let me, let me share something with you here. No. <laughs> this, is, this is considered as a, a plumb line. This is a plumb line. This plumb line has been used for many, many years. And it has the ability to line up everything straight. They use it for many, many years to do that. When technology did not give you the radar or, or, or the lazy beam, and they're still using this today. Now, you have to understand, this works. It works. If you want to line up something straight, now notice this, the foundation, say the foundation. foundation. The foundation and the cornerstone we know is Jesus. If you want your corner to be straight on Jesus, you've got to have the plumb line. Amen. And if you don't have the righteousness of God, you're going to find out you're leaning one way. And, one, and, a, and, a, and a leaning person is easy to be pushed that way. That, 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 that's why when people say, well, I, I, just, I, I just fell into that. I can tell you, you were already leaning that way. You, you, you were already leaning that way. If you just fell that way. You were already leaning that way. Why? Because you didn't have the plumb line of righteousness in your life. Amen? Watch this. Watch it. And I'm about to wrap it up. I'm about to wrap it up. Listen. The wall, the wall, say the wall. Say that's me. Now you and I know the wall of the church right now, it got a bow in it. See, we don't. The focus is not so much on the foundation because Jesus already laid the foundation from the beginning of, the, uh, of time. It's about building the wall, and the wall are the people. But you can't build a straight wall without the righteousness of God. Now, to get to God, you got to be straight. Y'all missed that. To get to God, you have to be straight to to, to be able to go and be a part of his holiness. Amen? Amen? So the wall God identifies as his people. And we find out today the church has a bow in it. Amen? Amen? We cannot build the wall or the people without God's plumb line. We are building churches without God's plumb line. The righteousness of God is no longer in the church. The righteousness of God, his standard is no longer in the church. So therefore, we're building walls that are bent. And when you walk into churches, they have camouflaged the leading of the wall with entertainment, with shows. With events, they have 
camouflage and they have covered up the leaning wall. And the people are missing because they're not looking at the wall. Amos said, Amos said, I refuse to try to figure out how my building is going to look. That's not a concern to me. What is most important to me is the stability of the wall. The wall is the people. The wall is the people of God. But we're so concerned about the building itself and, and the structure itself. We forget about the wall, you all. We forget about the wall that God said, I'm going to line my, put my, put my righteousness in the people so that the structure would be solid. We're, we're, we're ordering steeples. Because we want to see how it looks. We got, we got the blueprints laid out, you all. The blueprints are laid out, and, uh, and we got a little model of what it's going to look like. But we focus on how it looks and the outcome of it, not knowing that the walls are leaning. The walls are leaning. Which we now can easily explain why the church wall, church folks, are leaning, in some case, have already fallen. Every builder knows that when a wall falls, it always falls in the direction that it was leaning. A plumb line perhaps refers to as the law of Moses which at the time was the highest standard of God's righteousness. Write this down. In order for a, believer's, a believer to be holy, we must abide within the standard, be in right standing with God, as set before us in the new covenant. See, the problem we have is that we'd rather be right than righteous. We we'd rather be right than righteous. Amos was a minor prophet, not because his message was minor. It's just his book was small. He just had a small book to write. But his message was just as powerful. He was so concerned about how far the people has fallen away because remember, they've been in captivity. Now they're back home. They're discouraged. They're discouraged. And they said, I, I, when are we going to get the temple built? When are we going to He's a slow you roll, slow you roll. I need for it to be right. He wasn't concerned about how upset things were moving. Oh, let me come on this side. He wasn't upset <laughs> the way things were moving because sometimes we feel like uh, uh, we're not moving fast enough. Uh, we should be doing this now. We should be doing that now. Yeah. Amos said, listen, I don't care about how you're feeling right now. I just need for the, I need for the temple to be right when it's built. So the Bible said they were excited when they saw the plumb line in his hand. 
Now, because there is a greater shift away from God's standard, God could no longer pass them by anymore in mercy, but rather bring judgment that their sin demanded. God was no longer going to allow his people, the wall, to be built with a beam or with a bow or a lean. Because of injustice and unrighteousness, God has used a measuring line. Say measuring line. Measuring That's line. horizontal. For injustice. And a plumb line for righteousness. Woo. Amos chapter 5 verse 24. I'm about to close. But let justice roll down like waters. And righteousness like a ever flowing stream. Now, notice he point out two things here. He point out justice and he point out righteousness. Now, Dr. King did an excellent speech, and he lifted this from Amos when he talked about how the people were being mistreated. He said, we won't be satisfied until, what, until that it rolls down, when justice rolled down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Isaiah 28 and 17 said, I will make justice a line and righteousness a plumb line. So we're talking about with the people, justice is with the people, but righteousness is with God. That formed the cross of Christ. Justice for all, but righteousness is with God. Amen? Amen. Uh, justice, is, justice is doing right toward man, but righteousness is doing right. Toward God. Uh, justice pleases uh, you. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, but righteous pleases God. Being right pleases you, but righteousness pleases God. Amen. Let me close with this. What causes a wall to lean? One, say mixture. 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 Amen. Say mixture. Uh, I, I have this book here by somebody uh, that uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, do y'all know him? It says, it says John F. Lofton. Uh, is, yeah, okay. Well, look what he said. Look what he said. This is his book. She said, if you need some more cop, I got some in the back. Look what he said. He says, mixture is commingling two things that are spiritually divergent. Divergent. Two things, and he said... All of it is not bad because a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you mix that together. But how many of you know that's good? That's a good mix. So that's a good mixture. So we understand one of the problems with causing a wall to lean is mixture. Amen? The other one is injustice, and we talked about that. Another one is unrighteous. Number four, say number four. When we care more about the building, how it looked, than the stability of the building. Paint over a rotten wall. Don't make it stable. Doesn't make it stable. Zacharias 4, 9 to 10 said, The hand of Zerubbabel uh, have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also complete it. 
Then you, what? Then you will know that the Lord of hosts have sent me to you. For whatever he despised the day of small beginning shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. What is it saying? It's saying that in the last part of that verse, it says, These seven are the eyes of God, or the Lord, which range in throughout the whole earth. Now, what are these seven eyes? I share with you, but I don't have time to deal with them. That is the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, and the, the spirit of the fear or the reverence of the Lord. Now, notice these seven eyes. They don't come all at one time. If you go backwards, there's an order in which these spirits come. You have to first fear the Lord. And then after you fear the Lord, you get knowledge of him. And after you get knowledge of him, you get power. That's where the Holy Ghost comes. But knowledge without power or without counsel can be dangerous. That's where the spirit of counseling comes in. And then after the counseling comes in, I get a better understanding after counseling where and how to use my power. And whenever you get a better understanding, you can use it with wisdom. And that's how it's done. And that the Bible said that helps with you building the righteousness or the plumb line of God. Amen. Now, number five, when we as believers start accepting that all religions are the same, your world are starting to bend when you start to say, you know what, all religions are the same. They just do it a different way. We have started to adopt this interfaith movement. We, we have. Now... When it comes down to community efforts, that's fine. Everybody needed to put put your hand. But when it comes to dealing with the righteousness of God, we're not all the same. We're not all the same. So religion, we can't just say that all religions are the same. They just do it a different way. No, that's when your walls start to get a bow in it. And that's when God had to come back and say, look, I need for you to line up. I said, I need for you to line up. Sexual immorality. Paul focused on this. I said, Paul focused on how that sexual, and and he emphasizes. Let me show you what Paul talked about. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 and 5, because we don't want to talk about this in the church. See, we don't want to talk about pornography in the church. When it's already been proven... That if I were to count out 10 men in this church right now, six of you all, well, the study study was just on men, but women too. If I were to count out six of you all, probably have watched some type of pornography in the last six months. Keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. Everybody keep looking. Everybody keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. And it's an issue, but you've got to have somebody that you can talk to. Confess your fault one to another that you may be healed. And we're walking around here sick, praising God, because we can't tell anyone. We can't tell anyone. You can't be holy. When the presence of God... I 
can't, I can't not allow my relationship with God to be more important than my relationship with my wife. And if I, don't, if, if I can't watch it around my wife, then why will I watch it around God? Why are you going to put your phone away or close your computer, computer when, you're, when your spouse walk into the room? And God been there the whole time. That tells me you have more reverence for your spouse than you have for God. If you have to, put your head down and say, Lord, I repent. You need this. Lord, I repent. Lord, I repent. Lord, Lord, I repent. It's two clicks away. And some, and a lot of men are dealing with that. You got to find somebody to talk to. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna prevent your holiness of God, the, the, the righteousness of God. And Paul dealt with this. Look what he said. He says this, and uh, it, it is God's will that you should what be what sanctified, that you should what avoid sexual immorality. He focused on that, that it, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that it is holy and honorable to God. Not in passionate lust, like the pagans. Amen. Do you not know him? Amen. Amos chapter 2 and 7 points back and says, this is amazing. It says, those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of affliction. A man and his father goes into the same girl. He said, that is a violation. And it's, it's a slap in God's face. Because we say that we're holy. But, it, but Amos was saying, this is not God's standard. And you profane his name. Sexual immorality. I want to hit this just for one more second. And I'm talking to the men. Listen, I will confess, 10 years ago, that was an issue for me. I have a computer, I had a computer co- uh, shop, and I used to work on computer systems. And people who used to bring their computers to me was elders, ministers, and pastors. I said, we're full of it. And when I saw it, I will rebuke it. And one day I didn't rebuke it. It looked me in my face, and I looked it right back in his face. <laughs> But if it wasn't for my wife, my wife, I, I told my wife, instead of saying, I thought you was a man of God, my wife loved me. She prayed for me. She helped me get through that. And now I'm free of it, you all. I'm free of it. Uh, and, you, and, and you can too. You can too. It is a problem. Now, don't judge me. Because if you let me have your computer f- system for a day. <laughs> you can't delete that stuff. I got a program that can trace every place where you've been. So wife, is you curious to bring your com- husband's computer? No. No, 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 no. 
No, no, no. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. Two more. Disobedience, disobedience will cause your wall to lean and having big shows and no, no substance will call your wall to lean. What's this? Amos chapter 5 and verse 23 says, Take away from me the noise of your songs and the melodies of your heart. I am not listening. I am not listening. Take away all that music. All that, I am not listening because you don't have my plumb line. Don't have my plumb line. So very quickly, I want to do this. Apostle, with your approval, I want to pray for the marketplace people in your church. If you are in the marketplace, if you have a job or if you have a business, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. If you desire to have a business, I want you to stand up. Now, this is something I believe that the Lord has given me. I believe he gave me the anointing to release the passion you have for Christ where you work. Society has pulled the wool over our eyes and made us fearful to proclaim the name of the Lord. He will give you wisdom to do that. I have a company right now that I do chaplain work for. They, in their company, it's amazing. They have, some, they have more material than some churches do in their company. You walk in there, they, the word is going on. They hired me as a chaplain. They did. I thank the Lord for that. I go in 30 minutes a week, 30 to 45 minutes a week, pray for their company, pray for their employee. They give me $500 a month just for that. But I did it for six months for free. And she saw the need. She said, since you've been here, my company has grown. I want to keep you on as a chaplain. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? The same company, I went there this past Friday. I go there every Friday. She sent me $700 as a sponsorship for the conference we're getting ready to have in November. Just like that, $700. But I know that the Lord has anointed me to release the marketplace believer because there's a culture that causes you to switch your passion. Today, tonight, we're free. We can worship God. We feel the presence of God. But Monday morning, something happens. It's called the culture of the marketplace. But the same God that you feel right here is the same God you can take on your job. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. 
Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.